more and more over 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 the past months, I've become more and more uh, kind of in, interested, fascinated, becoming obsessed with with the whole notion of deepfakes. I love them, and I love the fact that even in the face of everything that's fucking wrong with the world currently, we've created another fucking technology with no applications outside of evil doing. There's nothing good that you can yeah. use a deepfake for. This No, and I love that you said I love deepfakes. That's oh, not do. the emotion that comes to mind when it comes to deepfakes. I deeply fear mm. deepfakes. Um, so if, if, for the uninitiated, you know, you're online, you listen to a, po- to a podcast, of course you know what a deepfake is. Uh, but we've become so skilled and we'll become even more skilled in the very near future at mimicking with such clarity uh, the, 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 the voice and appearance of another human being. And, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm missing the point here and if there are, you know, uh, altruistic and, and noble applications for this tech, do please let me know because I sure as shit cannot think of what they might be. The ability of no. completely stealing someone's voice and likeness and making it act at your behest to do anything you want is... It's, like yes. I was, I was thinking, you know, in the if this were the internet of two thousand two, mm. it would be used for videos <laughs> yeah, that would yeah, be yeah, like yeah, very yeah. fun, and that's <laughs> it, and we'd all have like a great time. Yep. and like, then keyboard cat would would come videos. on at the end. It would be great. Right, <laughs> exactly. But because of the world as it is now, yep. it, 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 I honestly can't think of anything that's not nefarious you would do with it. Yep. and even any form of. So there were these ads here. I'm. I think it was for like an American thing that like you would have no concept of. Yes. But oh, and actually, try I think me, I sent try it me, to you try several me. Months ago, I think I might have sent it to you on Twitter a while back. But okay. who knows if you watched it because you never watch anything nope, that I, I tell do you to not. watch. Nope. But there is uh, um, this ad campaign for like a anti-hunger thing, you know, about feeding people sure. something like that. Um, and the commercial has this like very like just off-putting woman as the face of it mm-hmm. um and it's it's hard it's very uncanny valley where you're just mm. vaguely aware there's something yes. off about yes. her like yes. she yes. she's for all intents and purposes you're like that's she's just talking to me why am i so freaked out but then it says in the ad she's like my face is a composite yes. of the mm. faces of hungry people and so it's not one active human being's face, but this amalgamation. See, but it I'm, looks like one person's face, and you're—it's just—it yeah. gets all your hackles up. I think I think that's why I find it so evocative, right? Even from an artistic angle, there's something really evocative about what is literally happening there, which is a machine doing its best to fucking interpret what it thinks is human. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, and there is so many examples of it getting it wrong. I mean, that Twitter account that I pointed you in the direction of, this person does not exist. Mm. Every so often, the algorithm or whatever they fucking use shits itself and coughs up this this monstrosity. Um, <laughs> it, it tends to struggle with background. So you'll have a perfectly normal-looking human face in the foreground, and then in the background, there'll be this fucking flesh lump, like a teratoma <laughs> with a fucking eye and a tooth sticking out the side of his fucking head oh, just off to the back. <laughs> And that's what's happening. The, the machine is getting it wrong. It thinks yeah. that's what a human should look like, but it's fucked it up somehow and it's got it and it's created a monster. That's well, because it doesn't think, does it? Is, mm-hmm. the, is the issue here is that, you know, it, it's not it's not a thinking 
being mm, mm. in like the way that we are. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. As much as we are complex machines in our own way, mm-hmm. there is there are these little signals that you know differentiate what we're doing from the mechanical process that's happening there. And so, mm. yeah, it's unaware of. It's just what running a process. Doing, yeah, like oh, I recognize this. It's also you know you see all these like Zoom fuck ups now. Like there was one that. Um, a guy was talking about he was talking to his colleague mm. and his colleague was like i need zoom to stop like erasing my head oh wow from from pictures yeah and so he shows the guy and it's a black man um and zoom is take is like decapitating him and focusing on a globe in the background ah, shit. as the head yeah yeah yeah. because uh, it recognizes more of like the color of that as what a human head looks like yeah. than this dark black man uh-huh. uh and it's like it's it's doing what it's supposed to do but yeah you know whatever it has been trained to much identify. like the, the Twitter image algorithms, which had the spotlight shone on them over the past couple of weeks, kind of uh, favoring Caucasian faces yeah. uh, in, yeah. in the. Well, image and that selection. was part of how that happened. Okay, was that was the like kind of nexus of that starting, and everyone pointing this out uh-huh. um, was that that guy had tried to post that on on uh, uh, on Twitter, yeah. and he had said, you know guess what my colleague looks like, right? And so he posted the picture of him talking to his colleague on Zoom. Yeah. But the Twitter algorithm then put his face, his, he's a he's a white man, as the center of this picture. And he was like, oh, oh no, we just stumbled upon another level of the same yep. problem. Yep, yep, yep. Because That's... after AI learns from humans, of course. You know? Right, so, exactly. Uh, we're, we're fucking it has hell. all our, our we're biases. We're even and giving things. machines our prejudices. That's fucked right. up. Like, come on. Man. Like, how badly do, can we fuck this up? <laughs> we are making machines Deep racist. Fakes. Deep fakes. We're making re- racist AI. Uh, um, I right. I would. I would like to just end this by making a, a prediction. Right. I. Oh boy. I'm a hundred percent certain that. Uh, deepfakes, if they're not already being used uh, to create unease and international kind of conflict by bad actors, by bad political actors, they will be in the very, very near future. I guarantee you. The one thing that we have had, Mm. and people ignore it or whatever, you know, because people choose to believe whatever they want to believe, Mm -hmm. but that we could say... Look, there's video of this yes. showing this person saying this yes, thing, yes, or yes. that shows this person didn't say this thing. Yeah, the evidence and of our own eyes and ears is is one of the only things left that we can trust. Exactly, not you know, for when much everything longer. Else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is such a horrifying prospect. I, know. I love it. To, uh, <laughs> 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 I really do. It. I really do. It's fascinating. I'm having a crisis here, Mark. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Warming my hands on it. Oh, I love it. Oh. I can't, it's no there's no like you said i can't think of any altruistic or positive nope. use except maybe jib jab for <laughs> deep fakes and and we've all but here's the thing mm. we've all been like training ourselves to accept them through like snapchat filters yep, yep. And funny apps like that. you know when we started <laughs> face swapping yeah. and then we started face app mm-hmm. you know aging ourselves and 
now like the things that you can do on Snapchat are so realistic. Like yes. my friend is constantly sending me these like filtered things where it's like he's got like a cat on his shoulder or his like his body is doing one wah, thing, wah, his wah, face wah, is doing wah. another or replaces him completely with the face of someone else. Yes. You know, who's not even a part of this or one yep. of them was um recently an anime app so you could make yourself into Yeah, 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 I've seen. Mm-hmm. Cartoon. All of this stuff is just training us to be Start like to doubt this is cool. the evidence of our own eyes. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Be fi- yeah, like I said, be fine with it. Ah. Just yeah. be totally cool with the fact that we can't trust the images in front of us, and and to not to not get your hackles up when you see it, right? So, mm-hmm. like right now, when I watch that ad with the you know Feed America AI, it creeps me the fuck out mm-hmm. but slowly it's like i'm being trained to yeah, yeah, yeah. turn off whatever filter tells me i can't yes. trust that yeah 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 to start to suppress your own instincts this mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. this is terrible this cannot be trusted you can create a brand new compelling convincing accurate portrayal of a fake human and make it do whatever you want it to do ah but anime face cat filter <laughs> way it's all good and then before you know it it's your president or it's your family or it's you. It could be you fucking looking back at yourself saying shit that you would find abhorrent. Mm, this is worse than that. What was the what was the thing where you think people around you've been replaced? Capgra delusion, mate. Technological Capgra delusion. That's what it is. Technological Capgra. That's what it is. Drip, drip. That's drip, my new drip. French ass phobia. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, I think that might be my horror fetish, in fact. My favourite genre of horror movie is Boats. Oh, I found a feather in my garden today. Must have been an angel. I almost punched a little kid at Kamikaze who was dressed as a zombie because it scared the shit out of me. Sorry, movies are too goddamn long, right? One hour and 28 minutes is a perfect movie. This is, this is it. This is for me. Now I'm a lot of This is, I'm, I'm fucking in. Episode seven, seven of Jack of All Graves. Seven beautiful weeks. Seven beautiful weeks of online podcast friendship, and we are so happy you're here. Our yes, welcome. internet BFFs, mm-hmm. uh, welcome back. We, um, Mark, my brain has frozen. Well, <laughs> let me. What are we talking about again? Let me pour Go some ahead. warm water on that and try and thaw it out a little bit. Um, Thanks. It's been a week. It's been quite a week. There's been lots of really cool horror content out there, which we're going to talk a little bit later on. And what with... Hey, you kind of failed to escape the fact that there's a lot of disease around at the minute, right? It's pandemic fucking, you know, it's it's pandemic city at the minute. So what we would like to to, to kind of explore this week, what we're chatting about this week is... You'll be shocked to hear... um, (laughs) <laughs> where we keep the dead i mean uh, what's the, the podcast is jack of all graves and with that in mind uh you know it occurs to cory and it occurs to myself that where you keep your dead is actually a pretty fascinating topic yeah oh man i mean i said in the first episode that i grew up in front of a graveyard and i love them they're mm. kind of a happy place but also boy there's some there's some interesting graveyards out there and um yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about about those. We are going to be joined for a little while. This is quite uh, a big event, actually. It's our first guest. It's, it's our, our first guest first on Joag. Guest. Wonderful. But, yeah, we're going to have a, a little conversation during this episode uh, with my dear friend, Kristen Latterell, who um, watched Child's Play for the first time. And she is a horror scaredy cat. She doesn't watch 
horror movies at all. Mm. And so we're going to talk to her about her experience with that. First, though, you know, since it is our spooky season, we've given you all these wrecks mm. and all that kind of stuff. We do want to continue to talk about what we've been watching besides the wrecks that we gave you already. Maybe see if there's something else that you mm -hmm. guys should be watching. Mm -hmm. um, things that you should avoid, whatever the case may be. So, you know, Mark, what have you been watching lately? So, I uh, got my ass out to the cinema this week and went to see St. Maud. I'm so glad that I did. I mean, I, I think, it was it last week that we talked about cinemas closing and how it was... A yeah, absolute yeah. fucking tragedy. So while I can, I got myself out last week and watched St. Maud masked up and got my mm -hmm. ass in a seat. Uh, and just delighted that I did because it is it is, it is is a piece of work. Uh, a slow burn, uh, very intense, lots of very, very rich character work. Welsh, which I was delighted to find. I had no idea oh. that, that, uh, that there was such a heavy uh, Welsh presence in the film. Uh, do like I did. Am I going to be able to understand it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> subtitled. It's subtitled. Um, oh, you know how I feel about subtitles. <laughs> of course, yeah. Sorry, but it, it's, a, it's I'll survive. the I'll language survive. is minor. Um, I've got a policy which I've started to enact over the past few years of uh, films that I'm remotely interested in seeing, knowing as little as possible about them beforehand. Yes. Right? Um, oh, yes. Uh, this is something that, that my brother and I both do. If it's a big movie, we'll watch the first teaser and nothing else and read no mm -hmm. reviews. When I've committed that I'm going to enjoy a film, I'll go in and I, I know nothing about it. And I recommend to anyone to adopt that policy. It, it, it means films are fresher somehow because you know you, you know you, you can piece together the pretty much the exact plot of a film the the, the, the beats and, and pretty much the ending from clips yeah. and teasers and trailers and, and whatnot. Right. Well, and you're so like conscious of thinking about. Mm. That when you go into a movie that you know yeah. enough about, right? Yes. Like even yes. if it, even if the trailer doesn't give a lot away or anything mm -hmm. like that, you find yourself in a mindset where you're trying to figure out where yeah. it's going. Exactly. Where if you don't know anything about it, it's like mm -hmm. eh, I don't yes. know. Yes, and 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 that's the case here. <laughs> I knew nothing about uh, of what to expect from St. Maud, and uh, I think it was all the more potent an experience because of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a slow burn, but it earns your investment by the end. Uh, so yeah, I thoroughly, 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 thoroughly would recommend. It uh, It would belong, I think, on the cusp between the middle column and the advanced column of our okay. system of horror intensity. That's where I would put St. Maud. It's kind of in the middle. Um, no, no laughs. There's very little in the way of chuckles in this one. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, I give it I give it my, my wholehearted recommendations. Great. Unfortunately for those of us in America, it's it's not available <laughs> here yet. It's not not in theaters nor streaming, so that's kind of a bummer. Um, who knows how long we'll have theaters mm. anyway here? But, uh, Has there been any yeah, any news on that. that from your end? Any closures or anything with you? Not really, but we are kind of in a little bit of an inevitable second wave at this point. Yeah, so, same, like, same, same. Everything's going back up especially because it's getting colder everyone's going inside and doing things anyway yep. so i think you know things like gyms movie theaters all that stuff will be amongst the first things to go uh which is a bummer because like the movie theater here i can check i haven't gone yet but yeah. i can check and be like hey is there anyone else in this theater and if it's empty and i want to go mm. shoot you know like mask up go sit there and mm. have a good time but <sighs> yeah i think that the way that things are going right now it's not looking good for our theaters but we'll see we'll, we'll see. see what happens yeah we will yeah. we will um what else have i been watching this week i started haunting of blind manor uh yeah me too me too 
Three thoughts. I don't want to give up on it yet because, I mean, I loved the first season so much. Yeah, uh, And I was yeah. really looking forward to this one. It just doesn't, it hasn't grabbed me. It feels a little more like it. So with the first one, I didn't necessarily feel like this was a very traditional sort of ghost story, mm. right? It felt like the family dynamic was kind of the center of it. In fact, I saw this really good tweet today um, where someone had said that like the best horror movies um, would still be a great movie if you took out the horror. And so they were kind of listing different movies very that like if you, you know, if you take the actual demon out of the exorcist, you still have a compelling story about like a, a priest losing his faith and Wonderful. you know, this kind of stuff. I really like that take. You know, Mm. Right. Yeah. I was like, when you think about it, so he's kind of listing all of these different things. It's like you can take the horror out and you still have a compelling story. Mm. And that's what I felt that really kind of gave mm. me a sense of what I felt about the first season. Yeah. Um, or, or if we call it that, I don't know if you really call it that, but Haunting of Hill House. The family was, was so very authentic, family. wasn't it? Hugely authentic. Mm -hmm. I found it. Very much so. And I cared about them so deeply. Mm -hmm. And then the other stuff actually was like genuinely scary. Like there's mm -hmm. so much in that that I was like this is going to be in my nightmares where mm. this feels a little more like it is already leaning hard on being spooky. Like, you know, and I don't care about these people yet. I don't in the least. That, that authenticity that I just spoke about is, is yeah. I mean, I'm only one episode into so it's very early days and I will give it more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that also we're both is coming at this missing. from just a initial reactions. Yes, 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 yes. And I, 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 I'm not going to dump at all prematurely on Mike Flanagan because uh, right. I, think, I think he's fucking terrific and he's my dream pick to resurrect yeah. Elm Street when it inevitably mm -hmm. happens. I want mm -hmm. that fucker to bring back Freddy Krueger so goddamn badly. <laughs> um, so yes, he's got plenty of goodwill in my eyes and I will, I will, yeah. I will give it more chances. Yeah, give him a little bit, a mm -hmm. little bit more time. That's for sure. So I don't know about that. I also, have you watched Scare Me yet? Hmm. No, I have not. It's the one that Shudder's kind of pushing right now. It has okay. Aya Cash, the, the girl who plays Stormfront on The Boys. Um, and the other guy in it is, like, he wrote and directed it. Um, and Chris Red is, just, like, the only other character okay. in it. Um, and the, the Boys is outside of our like... remit for this cast, isn't it? We can't talk about The Boys because it's not really... It's not. It's not... There's like a lot of exploding heads. There's a load of exploding heads, a load of exploding heads. Yes, which brings it. Heads do not fare well in the boys. God damn, that season was good. It was just an absolutely yeah, just one of the greatest seasons of television I have experienced in a very long time. It was phenomenal. Aside, Kristen from Julian the Phantoms, of course. But yes, it was so good. But anyway, scare me is about these two writers um who meet while they're both at like their little writing retreats right. and you know kind of run into each other and they instantly have that like animosity you know woman writer guy writer kind of caddy at each other about things uh -huh. um, and then there's a power outage and they decide to tell each other scary stories Great. over the course of the uh evening yeah um i think it would have made like a very good 20 to 30 minute short mm -hmm. but watching people tell scary stories like drags <laughs> for a long yeah. period of time yeah, yeah and really i mean it gets to the point where they do there's a story about a troll that's told literally 
I looked at the, I like paused it and it was, I think 50 minutes into the movie. And that was the first time that I was like, okay, I'm entertained by this. Uh, and then like Chris Red shows up and it gets pretty funny. Mm. Um, you know, and it's, yeah, it just felt like I, it was really oversold and everything uh-huh. was talking about how like great and original and unique this is. And it very much feels like this writer director eh. was like very impressed with himself. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's just, it's kind of, Nah, but Aya Cash is like very good. She's like she gets to really kind of show a lot of range and doing all these like weird voices and things like that in it and she is excellent different physicalities. I found it very easy to hate her in the boys. She was very, very, very mm-hmm. uh as in her character as opposed to her, you know. Um Yeah, right. She's, I'm yeah. sure she's lovely, but <laughs> I dare say. Yes, I dare say. But the uh yeah, she was also she's in um uh what is the Fosse Verdon. Uh, which is a fantastic miniseries about Bob Voss, Fosse and Gwen Verdon. Mm. And she uh, plays Neil Simon's wife who who died of cancer. Um, but she is like so sympathetic in that, mm. like just like the sweetest mm. character on the planet. So seeing Range. the difference between like, yeah, this and how heartless uh, she is in The Boys is really something and then nice. she has all these different characters and and scare me but yeah i don't know if i'd i'd curious if anyone out there wants to fight me on on scare me i'm i'm up bring for it. it bring it but i also watched haunt for the first time have you ever seen that no i have not uh i hadn't watched it because i confused it with this other movie that was trash um about like so it's like people going into one of those like scare house things at, oh, okay at Halloween, yeah yeah yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like a, a haunted house type thing and there was one that came out like two years ago that was just absolutely dreadful although it did have some kind of bonkers kills that were a little fun but my mom and I went and saw it and we were like trash <laughs> so I avoided this one because I thought it was that movie um, but it's not it's about like this group of young people who do like they go out to the middle of nowhere for this haunted scare house thing mm-hmm. um, and they of course, it turns out that it is there's much more to it. And there's like this murderous group of people who are running this scare house. Mm. Um, what's one of the great things about it is that these people are all masked and everything. And that's very scary. Mm. But as this goes on and they are unmasked, it is infinitely scarier. Oh, cool. What is underneath it? Nice. Um, nice, nice. And I genuinely I felt scared watching this movie Oof, good, good, and good. so i'm like that so rarely happens like i uh-huh. love horror movies but i am very rarely scared by a yeah. horror movie it's a beautiful thing this when one happens, i genuinely was scared mm. yeah it's but of course it's a good I, feeling now i can't watch it because you've recommended it to me so, <laughs> so you will never <laughs> never, see never gonna see that one nah. <laughs> it's just like an aversion you're like gonna be like hovering over it and you're like for some reason i, I just can't the... click play <laughs> <laughs> just can't pull the trigger. Um, <sighs> I've noticed. I don't know if, if, if this is happening in the states, but as a as a response to, it's got to be a pandemic response, right? I've noticed there are a lot of uh, this October pop up drive through horror house experiences. So uh, mm-hmm. they sound abysmal. Um, yeah, no, I don't understand how that would really work. But... Exactly, you just get you know local theater students uh, jumping at your fucking yeah. car no thanks i'm good yeah i also hate those things in general though because i'm very jumpy okay uh, so it's <laughs> just it's not really my bag to go to those kinds of things i don't i like to be scared by a movie mm. i don't like to like 
have that just like heart pounding for 20 minutes while I walk around wondering if someone is going to scream at me. Like that's, I don't understand why that's fun. I I don't want to have to have like a safe word. If I need a safe word in entertainment, like that's, I don't, no, mm. thank you. <laughs> so, How do you cope with escape rooms? I've never done an escape room no? actually. I am a little ambivalent. I feel like I might find mm. it fun to like do puzzles and whatnot, but also mm. I am claustrophobic. So. I think it could go either way with you in an escape yeah. room. I think your I think your your energy would be yeah. a great asset, but your <laughs> claustrophobia and jumpiness less so. So uh, go yes. do one. Let's see what happens. Film it. Put a GoPro yeah. on and film it. <laughs> I'll report back uh, on the findings uh, on that, you know, again, someday when we can do those kinds of things. It's it's a thing I've thought about doing. Okay. Mm. Um, I just I just haven't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> haven't gone all in on it. But yeah, that's my my wreck this okay. week. Haunt. Uh, so maybe some of you will watch it. If not, Mark, Haunt. <laughs> it is on it is on Shutter. Um, it's <laughs> very worthwhile. I will say it again at some point. I'm going to watch Fantastic Planet. Ah, in fact, there has been there has been movement on that because I now know where I can watch. I've sourced it. I've sourced mm-hmm. it. I know where to go mm-hmm. when the time comes to watch it. You know? Yeah. That's okay. progress. Is it? <laughs> of, a, of, a, of a kind. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it, good sir. All right. <laughs> I'm not getting my hopes up. Okay, so let's talk to Kristen. Kristen here was, uh, was forced... Uh, because she did, she had a good idea. When we talked in our Jack of All Rex episode about this, uh, about wanting to see a horror movie through fresh eyes and how mm. like that would feel, Kristen texted me and was like, what would be great is if you have someone on the show who um, is not like a horror person and have them watch a horror movie like <laughs> yeah. that for the first time. That's such a good idea. I'm a genius. Such a welcome. great idea. Uh, to which I responded, so you're volunteering, right? Uh, and thus, this week, Kristen and her roommates, because Misery Loves Company, watched Child's Play. Child's Play. Woo. Yeah. Such so, a classic. I want to start, Kristen, okay. with an expectations versus reality situation. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. So you said that Child's Play... Chucky gave you nightmares as a kid and you'd mm-hmm. never even seen him in right. action. Yeah. Correct. Tell me a little bit about this. So yeah, even even if my mother had allowed it, she wouldn't have, and I wouldn't have wanted to anyway. But so I honestly have never seen anything scary in my whole life because I'm a scaredy cat, self-proclaimed. Thank you, very proud. Um, so as a child, it's really more just like commercial I don't even know what how I even knew honestly yeah. about Chucky honest other than just like living in the world so it's possible I saw it like on tv um or something but he just was scared it just was something scary about a doll that was like supposed to be your friend yeah. and then turned on you in a horrible <laughs> manner yeah. and then I always had these like dreams that when I'd wake up there was like things on oh. my floor and the fact that he was always on the floor seemed like you know so it's like under the bed and you know, it just was like creepy but in my head he was like a like my american girl doll which was you know it's like right. this big he's 
huge. He's like the size of he a is. four-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Which is, that's because most of the film, you know, he is literally a four-year-old in a costume. They've just got a kid to dress up as him for all of the kind of action shots because, you know, the doll's too expensive or whatever. In a lot of the shots, it's not even a particularly small child they use in the costume. He's like a like a four-foot-tall kid running around the place. Yeah, in dungarees. just running around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and so I, that was like horrifying when I started watching because I was like, oh my God, he's gigantic. Of course he's a murderer because he could eat, because, you know, you try, I always tried to rationalize. I'm like, why are you scared of Chucky? He's a doll. Like, you could easily, like, beat a doll. Simply kick him away. Like, right? But he was so huge and very, he was a quick little yeah, bugger. Yeah, he you know? scurries. Like, he had fucking, he had fucking Andy carry him halfway across Chicago. When I was like, you could have made it way faster than this kid who walks. Like, the guy from the Christmas story, the kid with all yeah. the, like, snow clothes on. I was like, you should have just gone on your own, dude. You clearly could have made it a lot faster. <laughs> It's um, a really good point. I hadn't thought but, of that. Yeah, it was just so. I guess for me, I didn't. I just didn't realize. Well, I didn't. I mean, I guess I had to. Have, I didn't even have a concept of why he was alive. I just kind of assumed like, oh, something went wrong in the toy making factory. You know, I didn't know there was like a wizard at the beginning who put a spell on him, and I should have known when I saw Worm Tongue being chased by Prince Humperdinck. I was like, oh, well, this can't end well. You know. <laughs> Yeah, that should really like, be. Oh God, should be clear to you. Alarm that was bells. my first clue. Yeah. Ding ding ding, yeah. ding ding ding. It was, yeah. And I was like, and then okay, I actually have a serious mm. question for you that I don't actually know if I want the answer to, but I feel like I need to ask it. Did they name Andy in Toy Story after this Andy? Uh, from now on, yes, they yeah. did. That's exactly what I'm now choosing to. That's be. Jack of all Graves canon, canon now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. <laughs> now it's going to ruin Toy Story oh, for you, isn't it? Right? It will, kind of, because I was like, oh, because here's the thing. For most of the movie, Andy was like, I mean, look, not to knock him. He's like six, right? So he's not like going to be Daniel Day-Lewis by any means, because mm-hmm. he's often just like, but mom, where is it happening? And you're like, okay, bud, like, what's happening Hey, here? but that kid can cry. I will give him that. Okay, no, I... Honestly, think they must have like actually scared him because mm. I started to cry because so he looked legitimately worried. Like I, like when when he's oh. in the um in the like yeah. children's hospital. That's like yeah, a fucking and he's yeah, like, yeah, don't yeah, leave yeah. me. He's, like climbing through the it's bar. Like, oh my god, it's like that. that so have you seen that me? um audition tape of Henry Thomas for ET? It's no. like oh, you have to see this. Maybe I'll, I'll if I think of it, I'll okay. post it. But. He is like just this adorable little kid, and he can cry on command like nobody's business. And it is like wow. you're just watching him audition, and you know there's nothing wrong, but you're convinced he is having an emotional breakdown. Yeah, no, I'm. I honestly think they abused him to get him. To cry. Listen, it was the '80s, different times. <laughs> Maybe no one told him it was a movie, man. As far as he was concerned, the doll was actually trying to kill him. They just pushed him on camera. For real. Mm -hmm. Because the best acting he did was when he was, like, yelling at Chucky to talk so that everyone would believe him. And when he's, like, crying in this, like, hospital where his, you know, mother, Mrs. Camden, has abandoned him. And I'm like, oh, my God. I guess, like I said, I didn't expect there to be, like, voodoo. I don't know. I just assumed that he was just on his own evil. Like, it was just the doll was evil. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, that was just it. So that was surprising to me. I'm like, oh, there's like a whole reason, I suppose. <laughs> imagine that. Happened. They crafted a Weird. story around this. Imagine, imagine that, whereas like, you know, child Christmas, like, no, dolls just sometimes come out bad, you know? I mean, and that makes perfect sense That's to me. I, I honestly thought, wouldn't so. have questioned it myself, to be honest. It was just like, yeah, sometimes dolls right? are evil. Yep. Sometimes oh, dolls are this just one's, evil. This one's stabby. Check them on the stabby player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. yeah, maybe that's part of the problem um, is that it's not hard to believe that dolls are out to get us. Yeah, maybe that was part of it. And I don't know. And also, just, it looked like his, like, drunk father gave him a haircut with, like, kitchen, rusty kitchen yeah. scissors. And I was like, who released this doll into the world like this? You <laughs> no, like, know? it automatically already is just kind of horrific as it is. Right, like, so it started out that way. And then the fact that he's, like, huge and then, you know... Anyway, I was just, just not a fan. Of so any what of was, I feel like <laughs> so. we've mixed a little expectation reality here, but what was, what, how did this match up to your expectations? Was it scary? Was it cheesy? It was, was it, very yeah, okay. scary. Um, there were yeah. some cheesy parts. I mean, I did laugh, which I didn't expect. I expected to literally, I mean, but I also screamed, which I didn't expect. So Ooh, like, good, I'm good, good, cool good, good. Like, Loud, Tell like, me when. What you, made okay. you scream? Mm. I mean, you probably know. So, and I also was like shocked when the mom found the batteries in the box. I, I like, love oh. that part. Oh my god! Because it's like oh my god. we already know the, the battery. Yeah, Why does that yeah, scare yeah, yeah. me when she discovers it? But but I was like so shocked. Like I didn't even yeah. think about that. And then when she found it, I was like, yeah, like oh, oh, dude. Oh, no. And she whips so around then, and then she like. Well, plus the doll, like, they kept doing those shots where the doll was, like, over their shoulder. I was like, oh, no, man, that doll's not going to be there when you turn around. And then, like, right, so then she turns around, she, like, walks over, and Paige, my roommate, goes, okay, so she she flips him over. And then Paige, my roommate, goes, oh, his head's going to turn around. And I was like, you're right. Let's all get ready for it. <laughs> so we, like, checks the battery. It's, like, slow motion, right? So I'm like, we're all sitting there. My, sho- my shoulders are, like, in my ears. I'm, like, waiting, waiting for him. He turns his head around and all three of us like, <laughs> like scream bloody murder. I'm honestly surprised our neighbors didn't come over and check on us. Like, like I didn't want to scream into this microphone, but I full yeah. on. Yeah, you actually shrieked. have shitty neighbors. They didn't care that three Even women though, started screaming simultaneously. Like, right? I mean, they also didn't care about that one time where I chased a lizard outside of my underwear. So yeah, they don't I really thought know you were going lot. to die, um, but. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like a full on. But and yeah, so full on screaming then because that and then also when uh, <laughs> I didn't scream but it was more like a gasp when he it's like creepy when little kids are like oh well Chucky said she was a bitch and had what's coming for her I was like yeah, oh yeah, god yeah, yeah, yeah. he didn't like that part <laughs> do you know I get more of a reaction to seeing kids swearing in movies than I do seeing kids crying in movies because you know you can fake crying you can't fake saying yeah you know bad words yeah. you know like all of a sudden mark got really bashful about swearing yeah you That's, all of a sudden yeah. holding back sir like what's happening <laughs> fixing the f word <laughs> um like it happened in, in the in the boys this week the last episode of the boys yeah, yeah. um fucking four-year-old kid or, or or whatever you know dropping the c-bomb i'm like hang on that <laughs> You can't. You That's can't a real fake child that. who um, just said that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, should we teach him that word yet? That mm. doesn't seem like a good idea. But also, it was like secretly like the funniest part of the whole episode. <laughs> it really was. Really was. Like, it really was. It was yeah. so good. Oh, anyway, what was the question? I forget like, what we're talking the about. Realities oh, of watching it. Was it movie. scary? Was it? Yes. Like, the reality. Yeah, so the realities was it is scary, but I did laugh, which I wasn't surprised. When he's like stabbing him like through the seat, <laughs> and Humperdinck is like up on this, like trying to drive, and we're like, we're like yelling at him, like, what are you doing? But like also laughing hysterically because he just looks so absurd. But he's got his legs up, um, like up on the <laughs> Yeah, like this on here. And I'm, we were like, what is going on? Oh, so that part was good because it, it 
honestly, Chucky was less scary when he was, like, running around. It was creepier when he, like, wasn't where he was supposed right. to be. Mm. You know? Like, when they turned and he had, like, was watching the 9 o'clock news and you were like, uh, that's yeah. not where we left him. So I felt like the beginning was a little more mm-hmm. scary. Um, when he started to become more like a human towards the end, I felt like that got a little yeah. less mm. scary. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but it still was, like, hard because obviously nobody believed you. Right. you know, or not believed you, but um, the people who were yeah. seeing him. And that, like, continues, which uh, is the thing about, like the next movies in the series as well yeah. is just the fact that it's like no it, it never comes to a point where people are like no we believe this now it's like they just like yeah they put his mom in an institution in the second one and they send him to military school in the third one and it's like oh Fucking Andy. this, this Andy. poor guy this poor kid he's like look man it's not my fault that my doll's possessed and I'm yeah like, sure, oh, okay. sure buddy. <laughs> he's going here we go yeah. also yeah in the second just... one i have to say what makes me very mad is that Humperdinck apparently denies that uh, it ever? Yeah, he. Seems oh, does he? I think I missed yeah. that. So the, like, I'm the, not the, you know, you get the, like exposition in the beginning, and the like business guys from the yeah. toy place are walking down the hall trying to figure out what to do about this PR nightmare, and they're like, "Don't worry, they've locked up the the mother, and like the police have denied everything." And you're like, "Yeah, hmm. of course he did. Like that does not surprise me one bit. That guy's a chicken shit." <laughs> the toy I company got to him, man. The toy company got to him. Right, and especially when he was like lying in the car, I was like, honestly, you kind of deserve to get killed at this point. Mm. Not to victim blame, but you've been sort of a dick. And so I wouldn't be sad if you got murdered mm. by this doll. And the one person who I wanted to get murdered by the doll, the boss from the in department store, didn't get murdered That's by true, the doll. That's true, actually. You would think that would have come back around guy. again. Yeah, he just like got to be a total yeah. asshat and mm-hmm. then he got to live. And I was like, look, that isn't he also fair. like an asshat service guy in Home Alone? Probably. He, has he does one have faces. one of those faces. I'm pretty sure he's like one of the like airline people who refuses to help um, Moira. I was like looking at him and I'm like, I think that's I'm pretty sure that's the same guy who won't get oh, her a yeah, flight. She, yeah, and then it's like at the yeah, time when John her, Candy comes. John mm-hmm. Candy helps her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So fuck that guy. He should yeah. have been killed by well, Chucky. This movie, yeah, this movie was full of like unhelpful yeah. people. Like nobody was and helpful. it's so, like, I always think the relationships between the adults and kids in this movie um, and in the other ones as well are just like so 80s. Um, and it's like mm. everyone's always like oh, grabbing yeah. him by like his elbow and like yanking him places. And everyone's like <laughs> so mean to him all the time. Just like nobody's comforting him, being like, oh, honey. No, I mean, they threw him in this jail cell and then he had to watch that guy get green mild, <laughs> which I kept my eyes closed during, during that yeah, entire that was scene. Yeah, not a fan. Like blood. His like brain melted out of his eyes. Yeah. I was not into it. <laughs> so there were some parts like that where all, none of us were watching the movie. So I don't actually know what happened. <laughs> a lot of us were like, I like looked at Allie. She was hiding. I was like, this is pointless. <laughs> There's three of us. So at least somebody should have been able to explain what was going on. But yeah, we're doing like one of these. Yeah. Like, is it, uh, is it done? Or, uh, so there was a lot of those moments. How did you feel about I, the use of voodoo as a plot device? Did that work for you? The, the, the soul transference? Oh, I mean, it's fine. I guess at the beginning, like I said, we definitely thought he was just like a wizard mm. or like a magician because <laughs> he just like did a spell and we're like, okay, cool. And then it's just like kind of threw it in like, oh, there should have been a reason. I was like, I mean, I guess it's cool that he learned voodoo from this random guy. I don't know. It, it seemed a little random at the, at the time only because it just, they were like, oh shit, we got to explain. We got to yeah, explain this. Yeah, you kind of already accepted the conceit through. by the time they bring that guy in there and you're like. <laughs> yeah. 
And so I was like, I mean, cool, I guess that's fine. I guess they needed a reason for him to go back for Andy, yes. kind of. Yes, You know, and so, but it very much felt like they had to come up with a reason for him to go back for Andy. Voodoo? And so, Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, crap. Okay, remember he did that spell at the beginning? Because also it sounded very, like, Latin. he's like an old white guy. So it was, like, very Latin. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so he's definitely into some kind of Satan magic. So then it was like, goes to see this black guy about being voodoo. I was like, all right, that was a plot twist. Didn't see that coming, <laughs> Yeah, well, and also um, that guy is like, you know, hey, like, I taught you that, but you weren't supposed to use it. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> and also, what was he supposed to... Do, what did you teach yeah. him? And him was for? it what not was obvious this mm. guy was clearly like a Charles Manson? Like, why would you be teaching this dude this yeah. stuff anyway? He is clearly unhinged. I mean, he's got, yeah, he's got dead he eyes dead already. Eyes. So I don't see, before he becomes a doll with literal yeah. dead eyes. So that was, yeah, it was like fine. It was kind of more surprised. We were just kind of like, oh. That's okay. the part where I have I to like cover that, my so. eyes and ears, though. The breaking of the limbs as he's, you know. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. also another one, too. Although it was funny, we also laughed, though, because that knife he carried around definitely looked like a child's knife. It did. You know? It really did. And he's like running around with it, and you're like, <laughs> it looks like you made Andy make that for him. <laughs> it's and that Andy's was, like, little shit. <laughs> kind of. I love yeah. also that the edits um, are always really awkward because clearly, like, the, like, doll doesn't have the strength to really like stab someone so the edits are always like a little choppy mm. between when he brings it down to when the person's like oh no. <laughs> yeah like not not great grip strength Jackie. no which is crazy because he was definitely like climbing around anytime his like little like doll hand would yeah, like yeah, yeah. show up somewhere it was like very off-putting which you only ever see it doing this movement that's all that <laughs> yeah. ever does <laughs> well, also, because his hand, you kind of expected it should have been like this, right? Because doll hands are like all what he's great podcast. So the fact that he had way. like opposable thumbs. Oh yeah, sorry. The fact that sorry, I have like I'm putting my fingers like a, all together yeah, like for those mitt. who can't see me, yeah. like a glove. And then, mm. but he he had like opposable thumb. Yeah. He had like the whole deal. He could like grip yeah. stuff. It is. It's anyway, off putting. I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah, man. I don't know. It just. And I didn't like it when he like had his real voice. <laughs> yeah. You know when it was when he becomes mm. the. I mean, it was creepy when he when he spoke through Andy because Andy would say creepy things like Chucky doesn't want to go to bed, and I'm like, <laughs> oh god. Just I feel like you're projecting so the creepy. way that he said it because he says it in like very normal kid ways. Well, he it does, but also like I said, Andy until he's crying was yeah, he's very, very emotionally yeah. dead inside, like. Hey, what happened to Aunt Maggie? Like, yeah. you know, she was very robotic until he was like weeping yeah. in this cell. In Listen, his he's jail. got a story that we can't even begin to understand behind him. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. He's clearly you got know, a hard knock right. life. He's this is how he deals with it is just by a flat affect. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so, did you hate it? Whatever. Did you hate Either it? way. I didn't <laughs> like it. I didn't I just don't, it just was. It just gives me like the heat. Yeah. the heebies, mm -hmm. you know. There's another and six it, oh, of so them. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, you need. You know. Well, that was a thing too. <laughs> if you got yeah, a taste. you guys owe me three ninety nine. Not streaming yeah, all the other ones. I had yeah. to rent it. Oh yeah, I could have watched literally any other version of Child's Play except yeah. for this one, on anything. So I'll be awaiting yeah, that. I'll Venmo you later. <laughs> Please do, honestly. And also, I should. I want five dollars. Yeah. I'm, I'm want, also like, gonna Venmo your roommates each five bucks as well, just for their. Honestly, you probably should. Although Allie is fine because this morning she was listening to Julian the Phantom, so I feel mm. like we were able. To... And plus, like I said, I had to find like daytime. I was like, okay, well, on Saturday. I mean, luckily we're in a pandemic, so I have nowhere to go. But I was like, okay, Saturday luckily at like we're 12, in, a pandemic. in the middle of the yeah. when it's like the brightest ever, we can have like daytime to watch this. 
um, because I was pretty sure I'm like, no, nah, I can never walk past the couch. But, you know, because yeah. when he was like under there, because he like tucked and rolled yeah. when she dropped him. Yeah, after yeah, yeah. He, like, yeah. Turned his head around. Because he like, def- she definitely didn't just like drop him under the couch. Well, no, no, he like yeah. moved there. So then I was like, we were like, don't just fucking burn yeah. the couch and leave. Like, you don't need to investigate the next and she's going so slowly and the thing is it's like you know that feeling though where something freaks you out and you're just like your body parts are lead and you're like just yeah just like just reach over there and pull it up just pull it up but instead it's just like yeah. very slowly like okay just gonna yeah. pull this up but she also put her eye near it which is like one of my pet peeves and things i hate when people like put their eye up against something when they're checking mm. to investigate i'm like you're leaving your eyeball open exposed whatever is under there no Mm -hmm. yeah so i here's the thing yeah i just don't like to feel like that when i watch movies and at the end was very off-putting because then like andy is like walking out of the door like possessed looking i was like did he finish the spell is andy now have a little bit of chucky in him because he just looked very creepily at like you know the charred pieces of chucky on the floor also, it took so long to kill him. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. He... That's a theme. Yeah, that's definitely a theme. Uh, <laughs> Just keeps on coming back. A little Rasputin in the doll form. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what I was thinking. So, I mean, it wasn't great. <laughs> it didn't... <laughs> I didn't have any nightmares about it, but I think I would have definitely yeah. as a child. Like, I'm glad I didn't ever actually yeah. watch it as a kid. Because it would have lived, I think it would have been scarier than what I had imagined of just like, oh, doll's mm. gone wrong. I was like, well, I could have. What if my mom? I need you. Like, you need to show your provenance for buying dolls from a peddler. You can't just like be <laughs> purchasing them from anywhere. You know, they need to have like a list of where they come <laughs> from. Certificate of authenticity to go with that. Yeah, doll. it's that's what I feel like now. Anytime I buy anything, I was like, oh, I got to turn those like pe- President Pez dispensers I have around. <laughs> it feels case, you know things are like yeah, it watching makes everything me. that you buy at like the swap meet feel much more sinister. <laughs> like you just really need to be paying closer yeah, attention. Right. Like there's something yeah. under those You're typos like, where besides, you know, just an underworked yeah. translator. So true. Yeah. So I don't yeah, I definitely wouldn't watch like I don't have like any I don't want to watch any of the other ones That's now. Fair. <laughs> I definitely just get didn't That's get fair. me like in the mood to watch yeah. those. That is fair. You know? uh, out of curiosity, but, um, because initially anyway. I was going to have you watch Poltergeist. <clears throat> Did you like Poltergeist? Um fine <laughs> i watched I, I i watched poltergeist because i thought this seems like the least scary of like because the scary because i often am scared of like people coming through my window so anything anything with like those i mean even scream was hard for me and i know it's like supposed to be funny and everybody loves it but even that when i was like anytime my phone rang for a while after i was like oh we're uh, just like being home alone makes me think people are gonna like come yeah. in and kill me home invasion that's a big um, one so poltergeist was a little less because I don't super, I'm like not. You're not afraid a ghost is going to come like, to your door. I'm not afraid of ghosts. I'm not afraid. <laughs> yeah. I'm not super afraid of that. So I'm more afraid of like an actual murderer, like coming in and killing me. Like those, those types. So that's why I didn't want to watch anything like. Yeah. Where people are like invading you and murdering you. So Poltergeist was fine. Although um, it always made me, we had this, at my old work, we, we called it the guillotine. It was this paper cutter where you could cut like oh, an yeah. entire mm-hmm. like ream of paper. Yeah. But, and, you know, sometimes you had to, like, stick your hands, like, under the blade. But I had, like, Ooh. a two-button system. It's, like, it was, like, these buttons, these buttons. And then you had to hold them in order for, like, the blade to come down. So, in reality, there's no way for you to, like... But there's... I'm pretty I mean, sure one of those has been used, it. used as a weapon in a, in a horror movie. I can't remember which one. But somebody <laughs> definitely pulls the blade off one of those and... and yeah. And murders it in you. something. Yeah. yeah. 
I'll get back to you. So there was a little bit after that movie where I was like a little afraid to like be, you know, I'm like kind of like quickly like putting the paper under and like pressing the buttons and like, I don't want to lose a finger in the guillotine. Um, but for the most part, it wasn't, I liked it because it was like suspenseful, yeah. which is fun, but uh-huh. it didn't seem overly scary to me. I guess. I feel okay about that. Yes, so, as yeah. do I, as do <laughs> I. And, uh, and props to you yeah. for facing your nightmares. Yeah, we'll have somebody else do it next week, Kristen. It's not just you. Thanks, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> I would like to hear another Scaredy Cat's point of view on something that I refuse yes. to watch. So pick something I would like, I 100% will refuse to watch. And then Perfect, we'll I, I, I can't wait. We'll call it even, and I won't call in my 399 you can always save that for a rainy day but thank you Kristen. it is thank you Thanks, uh, I, always a del- I mean not really but you know wow okay well it's a delight to have you or whatever but yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks for stopping by not and really for your- please never have me back on here <laughs> never coming back you have no relevant experience <laughs> honestly yeah. it's true though but I we know, appreciate so. you you doing um, that for us and the great yeah. idea because this was really fun should we talk about graveyards? Yeah, please. I love them. Let's talk about graveyards. Mm. I really want to, I am so curious because you mentioned in our first episode as well uh, that your school went on field trips to yes. a cemetery. I want to know more about that, about that <laughs> yeah. cemetery in your town and also what your town was called. Okay. I mean, I, every every school kid from my hometown of Tredega will have had this same experience, right? Spell that for me, please. Uh, T-R-E-D-E-G-A-R, Tredega. Tredega. Yes. Don't be tempted to call it Tredegar. Lots of out-to-towners do. It's Tredega. T-R-E-D-E-G-A. There you go. You okay. got it. Very well done. So, <laughs> um, hey, here's us fucking bitching about coronavirus, right? Mm-hmm. At least it ain't fucking cholera, mate. And let me tell you this. <laughs> That was some fucking bad shit. Um, uh, it turns out that during the 1830s, uh, Wales and Tredegar in particular was hit particularly hard by cholera. Um, two major cholera outbreaks hit Tredegar and the surrounding county. So uh, the dead, the cholera dead, were buried maybe a mile out of town on a hillside, right? Just up a hill outside of town. Um Fast forward a couple of hundred years, it's a, it's a protected site of, of historic significance. Everyone refers to it as the cholera graves because that's literally what it is. It's the cholera graves. Uh, and you can... So just... It's like a whole separate mm. thing. Like the only people buried in there are people who died are cholera. De- the cholera dead, yes. They were, they were uh, given their own section to reduce the risk of infection. It's the yeah. uh, infection section, you know? <laughs> hey! <laughs> um, nice. I see yes. what you did there. And... We would talk about this in school, in in, uh, in secondary school, so at age 11 or 12, maybe even earlier, you know, in primary school, which is like 7 to seven to 11. Uh, and, you know, we'd traipse up the fucking hills to the cholera graves, take grave rubbings, stand among the stones. And, I w- you know, I wouldn't have appreciated it back then, but it, it, it has a quality to it. The place has a, a quality to it because the, the hillside that it's on is overlooks some wonderful scenery you can see right down hmm. the valley um you know exposed to the weather the graves are weather-worn mossy yeah. uh in 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 disrepair um but some of the eulogies on the stones are written in some are written in english some are in welsh and we would take grave rubbings and and it it, it has a, a a beauty to it a bleakness 
and uh, a, a, a haunting kind of quality to it. All of which, of course, would be lost on a 10-year-old kid up there, probably yeah, in right, the rain. exactly. Um, <laughs> a little miserable, so yeah. true. <sighs> you said the, the eulogies on the grave, which I... I immediately clicked with me so when i was in new zealand um mm. we were in uh, queenstown maybe somewhere like that um and there's like this big this cemetery that had a really nice view and all that kind of stuff well it's new zealand everything has a nice view yeah, but yeah. um this this great little cemetery and the thing that struck me was that the gravestones didn't just have like born died you know beloved wife mother whatever they had like they'd have like explanations of what happened. Like oh, wow. there was one of them that was like, "This guy was, you know, he left his house, and then there was like a snowdrift that carried him away, and like he was found by his brother." And, cool. You know, like it would like it was a narrative. Mm. You know, which yeah, I, I like thought, I loved it. I was like, "Please, when I die, just like write." I mean, if it's interesting enough, it's just kind of like yeah, she, you know went to sleep or like make it interesting you know <laughs> like don't write <laughs> yeah. if i like fell down the stairs or yeah. something and like I, I don't know was caught with my pants down i don't want that on a grave <laughs> but like i i just thought that that was absolutely fascinating mm, to have so much stuff on it and some of them were like they were more like eulogies like they some just an explanation of who this person was and mm -hmm. why they were important mm -hmm. is that like what was that on no, those kinds of graves or uh, more uh, there's a lot of verse a lot of poetry on on these graves mm. um, you know just a, a, a bible verse or something that had been penned by relatives right. um, and it, yeah it, it contributes to this this kind of vibe the place has that's fascinating to me. It is. I mean, what a something like that. It, there's just so much trauma on the area. Yes. Right. Like when you know, I was telling you about how um, like nine eleven is still like a really huge deal in this this area, mm. and like literally, we had a block party on our street yesterday, mm. and someone started telling like a story about nine eleven. You know, mm. like oh, on nine eleven, I was in my Civic and I took you know four police officers in, in my civic to mm. like into the city so that they could go mm. help or whatever. And anything, I mean, we'll have that with the pandemic again, especially here because this is the hardest hit area of the United States mm. initially. Um, but something like cholera coming through an area and just like you imagine probably wiping out like probably every family oh, lost yeah, someone, yeah, yeah. if the, not entire families. It, 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 it decimated, decimated the place. Um, yeah. It's by no means, I mean, I'm not going to, I won't go into it on this pod, but the in the 60s, a, a town close by called Abervan uh, was was the, the area of an absolutely horrific tragedy um, where a, uh, a mountainside kind of collapsed, a pit kind of a mining site collapsed and uh, buried a, a local school and killed a, a, a <gasps> huge amount of local children and teachers. Yeah. And oh my gosh. It, the... The effect uh, the the still today, you know, it has on, on the area is colossal. So, yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. There's a similar um, thing like that in Hawaii. There's a, a, a town called Lapahoehoe, mm -hmm. and uh, they had, there was a tsunami mm. there. I want to say it might have been the, the 60s or 70s, something mm. like that. Um, but it came and it, there was a school. Mm. And that's who it took out was the tsunami came up and it took out this entire school. So there's Christ. like um, 
if you go down to Lapahoyhoy, there's like a beach mm. and uh, there's it's like this great little beach. It's one of my favorite places to go and just kind of like look at the tide pools and mm. all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's, and it's all this picnic area. And then there's like a memorial, this very like weather worn old memorial because everything in Hawaii gets weather worn very very quickly (laughs) salt water in the air and sun and all that stuff but of like all the you know the teachers and the kids who were killed in this tsunami and it absolutely is something that again comes up there's like a a trauma associated with this even though it was decades and decades ago that this happened like it makes Mm. you know it really changes kind of the character of an area when you have something that is so tragic yeah happen to have a bunch of kids in a school die like that you no, know, you, in a that's freak that's, accident. Yes, that's the kind of tragedy that's passed down after generations, after generations, after generations, yeah. and rightly so. It isn't something that should that that can ever be forgotten. You just get over. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of the you know thinking about a place having a a collar cemetery and the location of that mm. to think of that as like it sounds kind of prime real estate in a sense of like, mm. and something that overlooks mm-hmm. uh, the area like they it really does. wanted it. It does. To it be, stands guard over the town. You can see the entire town mm-hmm. and 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 the valley beyond. Yeah, uh, it's. There's like that's meaningful in and of itself. That the mm. the placement of that cemetery was obviously an intentional move on the people to say mm. like they're quarantining these bodies, right? Yep. They're keeping them where they can't infect anyone, while at the same time putting them in a place where it infects your mind at all times. That if oh, you maybe. look up mm. at any time, you're consistently reminded mm. of of the loss and what's happened there. So that's kind of a I don't know. I kind of like that. Mm. Yes, it's uh, it 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 contributes to the character of the place certainly. Do like I mean, is there a lot of curriculum? Like, is this a unit that kids get where they talk about cholera and whales or something like that? Uh, it's well, like I said, there's not a single school kid. There's not a single adult even from the town who won't have had that experience in schools. I don't know if it's right. uh, if it kind of extends outside of the town, if it extends into the wider community, right. but you know. As a as a teacher, you absolutely would get your kids up there, wouldn't you? You know, yeah. And take their, <laughs> with their crayons and their huge pieces of paper, doing grave rubbings. Uh, <laughs> it's dark. Kids, yeah. kids and whales are yeah. dark, man. Completely, completely. Um, <laughs> that's actually true, uh, <laughs> and and maybe that's something we'll talk about another time. But there, you know, it's it's a very particular part of the world south wales the southern mm. wales the 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 valleys uh yeah and one which i've spent a lot of time thinking about why it is that way there's a lot going on down there oh yeah we should definitely talk about that mm. because i'm fascinated by that you know mm. it's like when we were talking about um french horror or australian movies or things like that when you're like some places have this air yes of darkness a very yes. specific darkness and you know there's something there are reasons to why that is beyond mm. simply like i don't know people just like that shit mm. <laughs> there's always some sort of you know psychological history that's behind yeah how that a lot happens. of it it's it's a a lot of it is economical a lot of it is to do mm-hmm, with the economics mm-hmm. of the place a lot of it is to do with ah man the the it's it's position kind of maybe close to the English border, there's a, there's very much a kind of an opposition there. There's there's uh, mm. uh, there's a big chip on the shoulder, but there's also I don't know. It's it, it I'm not. It isn't all negative. There's also there's right. there's a excellent sense of humour there. There's there's a kind of a gallows yeah. humour. There's a nobility about yeah. the place, but there there there's a lot going on. 
does you know, I know like literally zero about whales. That's not mm. a place that is ever brought up in history mm. class or anything like here. Um, is there a strong like is that a colon colonized location like so i think of like scotland and and ireland and things like that where there's always mm-hmm. this like you know pushback between the uk and these places and they're always trying to figure out how to to oh, well, fight a, that history is that similar a, with wales there's a the 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 kind of call for independence is gaining momentum is it okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. particularly now that you know england has seemingly unilaterally decided to to break us away from the eu Right. Um, so yeah, that's 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 getting a lot. So there's more like attention. a modern um, antipathy, I suppose, or a disagreement. There is that like, is there a rooted history of like the UK in general or England, I should say, and Wales clashing? I this. I mean, I can only speak from my own perspective, but this. Sure. I mean, it isn't just England and Wales clashing. England seems to, uh, you know as the de facto seat of power yeah. uh despite you know devolved power being having been returned over the past kind of 20 30 odd years to to, to Scotland and Wales that the, yeah there's the long story short yes there's always been conflict between England and the Celtic nations interesting yeah mm. like I said don't I don't know anything about it so this will be one of my random text messages to you at one point Explain Wales. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Feel free. I mean, and look, it's it's everything I know about America. I know from TV and movies. You know, I, earlier on, I asked you. You know, I, I I asked you how far away Kristen lived, and you're like, yeah, three thousand miles. I was like, what the fuck? That's a long way. Is she not just down the road then? Because you know, like as I've said to you plenty of times before, there's loads packed into Britain, but you can yeah. get everywhere in a few hours. Just jump in the car and you're in fucking Scotland in three hours. You know what I mean? Right. Well, you know, longer than three hours. I, I exaggerate. Um, but yeah, the but scale. Still, I mean, it's so, and and even outside of like the UK, it always is crazy to me that you can get mm. from like England to France or Spain yeah. or yeah. like things like that, like a hop, skip, and a jump, get to Germany, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I'm like, that's bonkers because i've barely left like the state i live in mm-hmm. and i've driven across europe yeah. <laughs> that yeah you can fit you the know. entirety of my country in in most of your states yeah so it's kind of a, a bonkers thing to mm. we're both dealing with the scale of our <laughs> respective <laughs> countries it's like i'm sorry it's it's what size mm, you're how tiny. far anyways a cemetery that i am very into um, is in San Francisco, or I should say just outside of San Francisco. Okay. And this is a place called Colma, California. Uh, can and, I, let me, yeah. so my only, my only uh, context for San Francisco, is that where The Rock is filmed? Oh, is that, yeah. Is it the one with the trams, yeah? <laughs> yeah. It go. took me a second because I was like, like not, Dwayne not The Dwayne Rock Johnson, Johnson? Not Dwayne Johnson, not, not. Not, yeah. I was like, you're going to have to be more specific. Stanley um, Goodspeed. Yes, The Rock, mm-hmm. as in, you know, Alcatraz. Mm. Yes, uh, Alcatraz is San Francisco. Right, okay. Uh, Golden I'm Gate Bridge. You. Yes, Metallica. San They're from San Francisco. Metallica is from San Francisco. Exactly. All right, we're on the same page. Good. Yes, and that is, I went to high school just outside of San Francisco in Marin County. Uh-huh. And um, there is a city uh, that is sort of locally known as the City of the Dead. 
Oh, yes, I like it already. And San Francisco was expanding. So this is a place that had, you know, you have the gold rush people coming west, coming to California because Mm -hmm. they're trying to seek their fortune. uh, And, you know, everybody's mining, yada, yada. So you have people settling out west in California and that general area of California, Mm. northern California. And uh, everything's sort of expanding. And now people want to develop San Francisco. And if obviously you've never been there, but San Francisco is like a hill, essentially. And so, you know, if you're driving through San Francisco, you're always kind of like you're either facing the water or you're facing the top of the hill. Okay. And that's how you can kind of always make sure you never get lost. It's like you're just look for the water. If you're trying to figure out how you're getting anywhere, just like go down and try to aim for the water and you're going to be good. Um, And so they're developing this and there's limited space in San Francisco. Uh, And now all these places are trying to bring in like developers are like, great, let's put some real estate in here. Let's put some houses, buildings, all this Mm -hmm. stuff. It's becoming, I mean, William Randolph Hearst is here with his newspaper. It's becoming a bustling city. Uh, But the problem is they've got cemeteries. And at this point, people aren't really being cremated, especially because like the religious practices of people at that point would have you be buried and not cremated. Okay. So they are having a problem where they need to be able to bury the bodies in San Francisco, but they're running out of space to do so while these developers are trying to build all these different buildings around. Mm. So what they do is they exhume all of the bodies that are already buried in San Francisco and they take them and they move them to like uh, an area outside of it called Colma. And that is where they have buried San Francisco's dead ever since. So since like the mid to late 19th century, if you die in San Francisco, unless you have other requests, you go to Colma. And what's cool about this place is that as such, uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of, it's segregated, if you want to put it in a little bit of a negative way, Uh but um, there's different parts of the cemetery for different groups of people. So there's Uh like a Jewish cemetery in there, and there's like your, you know, the your Catholic section of this. And there's like all these different kinds of cemeteries as you go through uh, and you can, and they're elaborate a lot of them. So they'll have like these crazy like angels and trees and these just remarkable graves in there. And then some that are very plain, you know, just your average poor people who are buried in there with no fanfare. They have those kinds of areas as well. And so when you're driving, I mean, the way that we discovered it when I was like a teenager um, was that we were just like, we happened to be driving through that area and looked over and we're like, are there people here? Why have, why is this all cemetery? Like this entire wow. thing is uh, just uh, graves so, for uh, as far uh, as the eye can see. I'm trying to wrap my head around the scale of this. This is gigantic, yes. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's, it is a city. There's a few car dealerships and there are some people <laughs> who live there. Wow. But very few. The dead outnumber the living by a long shot uh, in coma. And it is it is truly hard to sort of express the scale of this. That this, you drive through places and you see a cemetery on the side of the road, right? Like, that's mm. not weird. Sometimes yeah, a sure. very big cemetery. Yeah. But it's staggering mm. when you're driving past that it actually makes you stop and go, where's where do living people live? Mm. <laughs> How can there be 
this many bodies anywhere. And it's just because they've been burying all of San Francisco's dead. And still continues to expand and expand and expand, I guess. Still continues to expand. And uh, there was actually, um, like, probably 10, 15 years ago, yeah, maybe like 15 years ago, a group of people from there made a film called Colma the Musical that was about (laughs) growing up in a, a town that was more dead people than living people. And it wasn't very good. It was very just, like, kind of a student project-y type thing but nonetheless it's you know they just wanted to kind of get that experience out of like it's really weird growing up in a town that is yeah all dead Mm. all dead Uh, but again uh, uh, contributes to the flavor of the place around it you know if if your if your if your city is known as being just a fucking gigantic graveyard what does that what does that do to your relationship with death then coming from that area i mean if if it's always literally in your line of sight where everywhere you fucking yeah. look there's a, you know the dead what does that does that does it normalize death does is it healthy is it a good thing or not i don't know yeah it's kind of you know what i was saying too about growing up in front of a cemetery right that i attribute parts of my personality just to the fact that i grew up in such close proximity to constant death uh-huh. And it was like, yeah, it's ever present because every time I go out in my backyard and sit in my sandbox, I'm looking at graves. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think you add to that in a place like Colma. I think you could imagine. Spell Colma for me. C-O-L-M-A. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, if you live in a place like that, you're probably not super wealthy. Wealthy people aren't going to choose to live in sure. a giant cemetery town. Mm. So you're also kind of looking at people who come from a lower economic status and live amongst dead people. Um, and so I feel like the combination of you know the socioeconomic factors and the environment, your environment absolutely shapes who you are. And then add that class element to it. Living mm. outside, also San Francisco is one of the most expensive cities to live in in the entire oh, okay. United States. I mean, it is. San Francisco is an incredibly wealthy area. And then you have Colma right outside of it. Car dealerships, graveyards, and a few folks who live there. I mean, yeah, it's going to... If nothing else, Colma the Musical may not be great, but it's an insight into (laughs) what the experience of that is like, which Mm. I I love. Fascinating. Uh, Fascinating. Like you said, a city of the dead. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But also another of my favorite cemeteries is in L.A., Mm-hmm. Um, and that one is Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Have you ever heard of that one? Mm-mm. Hollywood Forever uh, is a, I mean, it's in Hollywood, mm-hmm. obviously. It's got a great location, actually. It's wonderful. Um, and it is full of uh, all kinds of graves. Again, it's got different sections, you know, so some of them it's like, oh, all these graves are in Russian or <laughs> things like that. Um, but also like a good chunk of celebrities are buried there. Um which I think always gives, there's something to, I think all graveyards are kind of haunting in their way and not knowing people's story mm. is a haunting thing. And every now these people are reduced to just names on stones. But yeah. it's also very haunting when it's people that you do recognize. Mm. <laughs> it's so all kinds of people are in here. When Anton Yelchin died, uh, like they created an entire statue to him in there. So you can go and Anton Yelchin's death, like gives me nightmares legitimately Mm. that whole situation car accident uh, kind of it freak car accident Mm. he parked his car and then like walked down to his gate 
probably to like check his mail or something like that. And the that car model had a brake flaw and the brake came loose and crushed him oh, to death against the gate. Yeah. Just just the like that feels like one of those deaths that doesn't happen quick. Yeah. But does. like no one it was like two in the morning, so no one would have been like looking for him. So we probably just oh, like slowly died, bled to death, whatever it is that would kill you in a situation like that out on there. It mark this I <laughs> It's so horrifying. It's just yeah, absolutely yeah. horrifying. And to a person who just from everything I've heard is just all goodness and light and uh-huh. everyone absolutely loved. Um, so there's like a big statue to him in Hollywood forever. I've taken my obligatory, you know, Vulcan salute uh, photo next to it. Mm. Um, and it's just it's incredible to go and see all of these, you know, famous graves. But the other thing about it is that they do movie screenings in there. So they have oh, now that this, I'm here for. Mm. Yeah. This giant mausoleum wall that. I don't even know how big this thing is. It's enormous. Uh-huh. Um, and literally thousands of people come to see screenings. Every summer they start in like May and run till like October. And you can go. I've seen um, like I went to a, like a triple. They do a slumber party every year that it's like an all night thing. And it's like Scream, um, Cruel Intentions and something else i don't know i just remember i brought my ghost face mask yeah yeah and as i was running around i was like this is the beginning of scream 2 if someone were to like stab someone else right here everyone would just be like yeah and think nothing of it i'm like this is a terrible idea um but nonetheless it was a great time um and it sounds uh, fantastic yeah i saw the the premiere of um um Good Omens mm. there, which was cool. The whole cast came. Like a lot of times when they show stuff, the entire cast shows up and it's mm. like a big a big to-do in the mm. cemetery. And it's just like a fully normal thing that people do in Los Angeles. Like it's summer, it's movie in the graveyard season. And I, it just speaks to every part of my spooky soul. Movies and, and graveyards. I mean, Movies and graveyards. It's not just going learn. out there with your... Yeah, your picnic basket and your wine and your blanket and the dead. You could, you could, <laughs> uh, and and celeb spot, you know, Mickey Rooney, Hendrix. Yeah, Yeltsin. Right? Like, what it's company? it's also a it's a funny thing because you're like live celeb spotting and dead celeb spotting at the same time because <laughs> it's like literally like celebrities come just to watch the movies. So there have been mm. times like one time I was walking along and I looked behind me and Aaron Paul was like three feet behind me. Hmm. <laughs> I ran into Ethan Embry and Sonny Mabry there. I've run into like all kinds of people. So you're kind of like amongst both of them. And someday they will be in that graveyard. Too. Yeah. Wonderful. And they know it and they know they it. know it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, I just, uh, I love it so much. If you're ever in L.A. during the summer, I think it's a must-do. Could happen. Could happen. You never know. You'd love Hollywood. You'd have a great time. Yeah, I feel I would. I feel I would. At least the cemetery. Mm, yeah, beautifully. Uh, you, you paint a beautiful picture. I do what I can with what I got. <laughs> <laughs> Any other cemeteries that catch your catch your eye? I... Uh, no, no. I mean, it's all about that. The just the cholera graves for me, uh, on a different scale to Colma and the Hollywood's dead, but in its way, just as evocative, just as absolutely. I mean, just important, ever present, and 
imposing itself upon the entire psyche of the town. I love that. Much like death itself, always there. Are we the only animal that knows it's going to die? Is a question for you. Are we the only animal that's aware of its own mortality? Yeah, that's a very good question. I mean, it's kind of like you assume they see death and maybe they understand or conceptualize it, but I don't. I don't know if we are if we are the only ones who actually know and can foresee that that is coming. If anyone Especially knows if the answer to that, by the way, do please uh, <laughs> do please let us know. Yeah, the comfort with with death thing, or the like, or closeness, proximity to death idea mm. with with cemeteries. Mm. Um, it just always makes me think of how you know I I read a book that was about gravestones and our changes in practices and whatnot. And it, and it always comes back to that for me. I think I've referenced it before, but just this idea of like our proximity to death does shape our relationship with it. Yeah, And it has that to. one of has the to. things about our discomfort with it as a concept, and this even applies to your question about, you know, do animals know that it's coming or not? Um, but this idea that, you know, for a long time we dealt with our own dead. Right. If you if someone in your family died, like you kept them in your house, mm. you know, sometimes for days or at least they died there and you took them somewhere and buried them yourself and whatnot. And that we are so detached from that entire process at this point mm. that it only increases our discomfort with it, mm. that we are. Yeah, I agree. The process is so foreign to us. It happens in hospitals and things mm. like that. And then someone else deals with this. And then maybe you see the like corpse in an open casket, but maybe not even that because we do cremate more now. Mm. Um, so our lack of proximity to it, it's part of why we are more and more terrified of it as a concept and why we do everything we can to escape it. Ah, uh, are we? Okay, so first, are we that removed from it? I don't think... I don't. I don't are know you if not? we are. I don't feel as though. I feel as though I. This could be an American thing. I could be projecting a little bit, like I using feel so, this. Way. I could. I could piece together the processes of death administration pretty clearly. I mean, if you die at home, then you've got kind of coroner, doctor, hospital, mortician okay. to graveyard. Those are the steps, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I don't know if I would even have that. I wouldn't have been able to articulate that. But <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I, everyone's experience is different, I suppose. And and if mm-hmm. if if you're lucky enough not to have had death, uh, you know, uh, kind of happening in your immediate kind of in your in your experience, then it's only right. natural that the 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 processes would be a mystery to you. I certainly, yeah. I certainly think there's something to be said for. You know, from a from a from a point of view of readiness, mm-hmm. becoming comfortable with the idea, you can't you can't live, yeah. you can't. You, being scared of death is no way to live your life. I don't think. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't absolutely. particularly. I don't. I don't plan on ever dying. I'll, I'll put that out, out there right now. It isn't something I, I intend <laughs> to do. Um, <laughs> but every birthday, I feel like I'm failing slowly at that. Yeah, it's weird, isn't <laughs> so it? That ambition is it's slipping away from me. But yes, I think I think there's a lot to be said for passively getting acquainted with the the, the processes of death. Because hey, as Anton Yelchin's family would attest, you never know when it's going to fucking happen. Exactly. Yeah. You know, exactly. um, you can't rely on 
old age and uh, a long life well lived. You can't depend on that. Right. It's it's right. arbitrary and it's cruel and it doesn't care. It'll 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 happen at any point to anyone. Uh, yeah. So just from a functional kind of ad- administrative point of view, it's probably a good idea to know what to do if somebody in your close proximity should cock it suddenly. <laughs> Who would you call? I don't know. It's a lovely know. way of putting it. But... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Today's lesson, Jack of all graves, get to know what to happen, what to do if yeah. uh, somebody dies in front of you. Yeah, there's a group called, I think it's the Society of the Good Death. Um, oh. And that's like their mission is sort of to get people more comfortable mm. with the processes and all of that kind of stuff. And just I think to they're be, doing good work. Yeah, not to to, to demystify mm. all of this so that it is something that we, we understand on sort of all of those levels that keep us from being, you know, paralyzed by the idea yeah. of death. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Ending on a positive note here. As Thank always. <laughs> As always. <laughs> just, uh, it does occur to me, are they, I'm just going to say the word taxidermy and just maybe just leave that there. Is it, is, can you legally, can you legally, can you legally taxidermy a human? I, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think Why so. Why not? Why is that not legal? Why not? If the, if there's some process of consent from all parties. Mm, yeah. Why not make me into a moralization fucking... of death? Yeah, perhaps? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, An umbrella yeah, stand. Because not... I mean, there's stuff like like you can donate your body to science. Yes, you can. You can do like the those body body works move body. Yeah, exactly. Like those yep. kinds of exhibits where they uh-huh. have people's actual bodies. Yep. Um, but I and guess that's also I mean... <laughs> as well as science. You're donating your body there to art. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like part of that, actually, I think I have read about this before, that part of the reason why you're not allowed to do stuff like that is just a matter of regulation that keeps it from being a reason people murder people or rob graves. Because uh, that being like an issue that was uh, that was a problem that people, you know, used to steal bodies or things like that and Fucking sell Ed them Gein, to man. medical science. Ruining it for everyone. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I think that's, that's due a review. Of that. <laughs> it is, I maybe. Do, I think that's due a review. I don't know. Uh, just to keep things fresh, you know what I mean? Just uh, let's stop Colma from growing. Let's look into just what we can do. Keep them in your house. Keep the bodies yes. in your house. Keep them in your home. Forever. Yeah. Oh, friends. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us uh, through these enlightening conversations. Um, and we have many questions if you have any answers to any of yeah. them. So many please, questions. Please I want to know this week. Uh, I want to know this week. Are we the only animal that is conscious of its own mortality? That's the one I w- I'm particularly curious to know this week. Please do please help me out. Yeah, that would be great if you could. And what's the best that. way to stuff a corpse? Is that the question? <laughs> I Sorry, misunderstood. Did I, did uh, I say that out loud? Did I say that out loud? Sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, anyways, um, so follow us on Twitter at Jack of All Graves. If you have any answers to those questions or just want to chat with us about things, mm-hmm. um, we we love it. We love talking to people. Um, follow us on whatever podcasty things you have. Thank you very much to Kristen for stopping mm. in and talking to us about Chucky about the Child's Play series. That was absolutely wonderful. Um, and yeah, rate and review us if you get a chance. It's super awesome uh, seeing those reviews up there. They make my heart warm every time I look at them and yep, it's same. just a delight. So same. thanks for all that. And anything else, Mark, that you would like to add 
Uh, no, nothing from me. It's been a pleasure as always, Corey. Thank you. Indeed. All right. Stay spooky, friends. <laughs>